Why the melody is the soul of a song. What's up, Daw Nation? Welcome to this week's episode of In the Daw with Mossy Man breaking down his song Horizon that was released on Protocol Recordings. In this episode, you're going to learn about why it's helpful to create a track in multiple different project sessions, contracting out certain tasks in music production, and why you should do it, how to not lose the magic of producing music, taking samples and loops from Splice and making them your own, and of course, why the melody is the soul of a song. Now, while this episode may not be the most technical, I promise you're still going to walk away with a ton of value. And finally, this episode is sponsored by the AU5 and In The Daw Sound Design course called The School of Bass. If you want to learn more about that, we're going to talk about it at the end of this episode. But Daw Nation, let's get into this week's episode and go In The Daw right now. First question is, how did it all start? How did this all come together? I started a demo like four years ago. You will, you will see the sample I used on the session. That was like, there is like the Vengeance, very old kit. As you can see here, the bass drum from a very old patch. So all the old producers, we have like forgotten project. I was, I was talking with Leandro da Silva, the amazing Italian producer. He told me, do you have something that we could do together? And um, he sent me some messages and I was, I was on tour. I might have forgot a bit. He said, hey, hey Mosey, is it sure we're going to do the track? And I said, oh, sorry, man, I'm, I'm on it. So I went to the studio and I was trying to, to do something different. And I remember, so that's why I call this session step one, because this is the original session I had before I sent the parts to Leandro. Instrument three? What's the instrument three? This is simply a production I put from Vengeance on uh, the contacts. I just put the tracking like this way so I can play easier with it. And uh, I released the trigger here. Basically, it's just a percussion. I have to say that Leandro da Silva did an amazing job on the sound design and especially on the drums. Sometimes you do uh, you do a collab with someone and it's someone is doing more stuff than the other and we, that's that's life when you work. But on this one, there was really I had this horn ID on, on my head since a long time. The famous and he really did the, the sound design of the drums. If you if you compare what I have here. He didn't dare to tell me, but I think he threw, he threw all, all my stuff away. I will show you the step two when he gave me the, the, the session back, <laughs> what I did. <laughs> With the drums that you had when you were starting and everything, is picking a drum for this type of music pretty simple? Are you looking for a specific sound or is it like, is there a is it pretty simple to pick drums for this kind of for this kind of music? I have some issues when I when I produce. When I was younger, when I start to produce, I had the feeling, you know, when I was 15 and I was starting on Cubase, I had the little sparkle, the little magic we all have when we start to produce. And the the more I was learning some producing stuff and mixing and mastering stuff, I lost this magic. And at some point, 5 years ago, I was like, okay, you put a kick, you put a bass, and you stay for hours doing the good balance. You miss the vibe. You miss the magic again. So what I mean by this is that I changed the way of seeing stuff and the way of producing. Now I take some drums and I think it's good, but the goal I have is to 
to put my ideas the faster I can. So that's why I, that's why I tell you, if I show you all the drums I use here, for example, this is an old pack from Vengeance. This is not really interesting. A loop, like a very easy loop. The snare is like a classic snare from a loop of Nexus here. I just wanted to put all the ID and I have so much respect for the other work that many good producers does, but this is not my work, is for the mixer and mastering. There is a guy at Protocol called Nils. This guy is a genius. If that's his job. I don't want to take the job from some, some from someone else, you know? I'm bad. If I have to, to mix and master a track, okay, of course I can mix it because that's my track and I know the way I want it to sound. But at the end, if I have to do the mastering, I'm just not good. That's totally fine to admit, man. Sometimes we think that we as producers were expected to do everything, like literally every single thing. But at the end of the day, does the consumer really care? Are you going to be pissed that your movie that you're watching isn't directed, acted, written, composed by the exact same person? I mean, they have a whole team, right? Yeah, I agree. But you know, but in the other hand, I know many producers, they do they do by themselves. The first one that pop up, pop up in, my, in my mind is Tony Romera. Tony Romera is a good friend. He's the best producer ever right now at the moment. I see. I'm not saying it's impossible. You can do everything yourself. You know, like I, like my business partner, AU5, he does everything himself. In fact, he's, he even just does his graphic design by himself. Like he does everything. I think it really comes down to what do you enjoy? Because like to me, like you were saying, you lost the magic along the way. The magic is why we do it. And if you really like, if it is a pain in the butt for you to sound design risers and you hate that crap and it is taking away from that magic and you can literally just hop on splice and get like a million other risers that are way better than what you've made yeah why yeah. not do it actually at the end i was feeling as a bad producer and i was like trying to do stuff and i was i, I was just not good and now i'm i force myself of course i know the basics the basics i know i have to put my kick this way and i need to respect of course the tone and i'm i know all the basics to have a good sounds i guess but if if it goes too deep on the mastering, on the mixer. I mean, I have I have also friends that they 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 lost the the passion of producing. And as soon as you have like a, a crazy CPU with a crazy channel on on the mastering, that, that I mean that was also something. When I was producing, I was putting a lot of stuff on the master chain, and at the end, I couldn't play a piano anymore, or I couldn't record a vocal. That was that was like, oh, okay, come on. If yeah. I can do that, then no. So really kind of your approach to music production now, you're not getting too caught up and all the technicalities, you're not getting too caught up in the producer ego, right? Which to me is like, you have to make this, you have to do this, you have to, you know, all that kind of stuff. You have to, you have to look good in front of other producers in order for your song to be. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, you know what? When I know that my cleaning uh, lady is coming, I want to do everything in my apartment. You know, I want it that it's perfect. So when she comes, she does, she doesn't say, "Oh, it's dirty here." That's exactly the same for the mix and mastering. When I know I have to send part and the stems, I want it to be perfect. So the guy can just be focused on the mastering only. So I don't say I don't do mix and mastering. I just say I try to take less time when I produce. It takes the magic away. Because when the cleaning lady comes, you want her to do the deep cleaning, right? You don't want her to pick up your socks. You don't want her to waste time picking up the socks. You want her to do the good stuff. Especially because mine is really, really nice. And I don't want her to sing that, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or whatever. 
together. <laughs> exactly. And so it's the same with the mixing engineer. Like if you could reasonably bring down, you know, your vocal because it's extremely louder than everything else in the track and clean it up a little bit, of course, because then the time that the mixing mastering engineer is spending on it is much more well spent. So what are the things now inside of music production and in particular with this song that you feel like really sparked the magic for you that you really was just like when I did this in this song it really was like oh this this makes me feel alive again from the very beginning there was this home from Nexus I can show you it's from the Hollywood to win embrace that's epic brass staccato so it's a basic sound okay I need to do something like with this so I just record this one. And what I really loved to do on this one is was I wanted a drop with a melody a bit different than what, what we used to listen already. So that's why I did that. Again, this is the step one. It's like the session from three, four years ago. I'll show you the step two. It's a bit different, but I used the original one. That's the original preset, actually. So if I show you the, the horns... So I just add some shots here. I put some violence on it. But the funniest part of this track, and I think you're gonna ask me at some point, this is the funniest part of this track. When Leandro <laughs> sent me a message and told me, hey, dude, are we doing the track? I say, oh, yeah, 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 sure. Don't worry. I will do the vocal tonight because I sing. We wanted to put like a cool vocal on it. And I had, I had no idea. So <laughs> I record something and I apologize for all the Spanish people and all the Portuguese and Brazilian people. But I want it to sound a bit this way. So I sung something, gibberish something. But at the end, I just kept it because I was looking cool. So... I show you what I recorded, so without any FX on it, so without Peach, without the famous little letter, etc. There is nothing than just me. Uh, I have no idea what I said. I, I took I took German as as a first language in school at in the college, not Spanish. And I wish I could speak Spanish, but okay, the pitch, it's a very easy pitch, you know, the one from Logic. I just put the, the tone. After that, I put this amazing plugin. I use this, this, this plugin everywhere. So I just put a loop this part. To get that format down. I put the format down. It's a default mode, so I didn't change really anything. And really because I, went in a, I was in a hurry and I wanted to, to show the Leandro that I did something on a track. So I was like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. And I didn't touch it anymore. Usually, if I sing something right and correct, uh, usually I put the mix a bit more. So it's, it gives this special FX. Crazy, like a harmony basically, right? Yeah, but this time I just put it way to the wet. After that, I put the GGP from the waves. And, and what is this? Oh, this is amazing. That's the Jack Joseph. You have the, the waves suite. There is some presets for bass, drums, guitar, strings, case, 
uh, keys and vocals. And I use this, especially this one, mainly you put it and it works. It's like the setup A, nothing. I just maybe put the space a bit down because I'm going to use Vara Vintage Verb. Usually you just put it and it's magic. There is another one called Still on the Waves one, CLA. This is really, really good as well. Yeah, CLA vocals, that's, that's, a, that's a legendary, that's a legendary oh, yeah. plugin. You just go on the factory presets, you go to the Stuff Me Up Dry, and you have the choice to put different effects on it. Usually I put like a tight delay like this, the pitch, I don't know really why they call it a pitch because a pitch would mean there is a tune involved here, not at all. So it's just like metal FX they put on it. I don't know if it's going to work, but no, it's not. I put it as a wide mode. Usually I put the reverb like this. So this is my my, my preset. If you want just like uh, for a demo when we when I do vocals, I just put this, this preset. But for the moment now, I use this one. So the GGP, you can see the preset I used. Yeah. So the GGP and the, and the CLA and also the Maserati vo uh, plugins that come from from ways as well. So all three of those, they actually have they actually have some secret sauce that no one quite knows about. So they do they have all the things that we're talking about, like they they have reverb and, and compression and saturation and stuff like that. But there's also something algorithmically behind the scenes with the coding that Wave still hasn't told us what's going on but makes it sound really good. And we don't know what it is. That's the beautiful thing about these things. It's just like, I don't know. It sounds good, but it works. And it works really, really good. I love this reverb, really. For me, this one, or sometimes there is new plugs and uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Suntoys. Okay, they do like really cool stuff and really cool plug. And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm trying to use some reverb. And I think this is a producer disease. We have thousand of plug okay and i always use the same one because it works just be focused on the magic on what it's going to give you this is the, the way i use it you put like this and i use the modern one if you have a vocal to do and you have no time just put that and you just i mean that works so good i agree with you that i don't feel like people should just keep going getting more and more plugins i do feel like that's a disease one plugin though one one reverb that i would encourage you and other people to check out is uh have you ever checked out pro r from fab filter yeah sure they they are the boss of the the equalization game mm -hmm. no. exactly exactly that one to me that's like because valhalla room that was my favorite for a really long time and then pro r came in and it was a very heavy contestant and i was like oh i don't know which one i love more now the tape delay is a very regular delay i didn't do anything special on it and at the end <laughs> i sent it to david Guetta. he told me man the vocal is cool actually i didn't dare to tell him the truth so yeah it's a spanish vibe you know because he's the boss you know of the game <laughs> even even if he's a super nice guy, I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Like, you don't even know if you're really saying words, right? You're just kind of... Actually, if you're Spanish, please tell me it means something. Come on. The sub I use, there is many on Spire. And the one I use all the time is this one. The reason that it just be, it's just perfect. And I just play with the rest, the drive and the main filter, and it just works all the time.
if I have like a drop, even there, for example, I just used it um, as a bridge and I just played in C with the um, sustain. It's just good, really just good. So if you guys are looking for a good sub, don't go too far on the very specific stuff. This works so good. I have kind of a rule, I would say. I I put to myself, I love splice. I really, really love splice, okay? And I think this is a beauty, beautiful tool to produce today. I just put one rule to myself. It's if I use a sample, I will do everything to change it a bit. So that's why I remember I, just, I kept this tone here. And what I do is, as you can see, I put it on the tone, sorry for my English. So it's a minus eight. That's why the sound is really bad because if I put this out, oh, sorry. It's completely different, as you can see. When I say the rule is to modify, when I take a, a sample from Splice, I always want it to, be, to become myself. At the end, you're gonna use all these samples from everyone. The rule I, I use, not necessarily for the drums, of course, you can use a kick and you can use a loop. But if I take a loop, I wanna cut inside and I wanna do my loop, because it has to be personal. I think this is always better to make it your own sample with the samples. I honestly think that is a very healthy viewpoint and a healthy, a very healthy opinion. The reason why is because I feel like everyone that has used Splice, that has used samples, I feel like every single person that has done that and just literally taken a sample and brought it in has at least felt that you get the feeling where it's like, should I do so? Like, it, it kind of feels like cheating, but I'm not really sure if it is. And I don't think it is. But the way that I've been able to avoid that, because sometimes sometimes you do find a sample and it just works and you don't want to tweak it. That's fine. That's that I understand that there are those times. But to avoid that feeling that we were talking about just barely, I do what you're talking about. I, I just try and, try and tweak it, you know what I mean? Because if I do that, if I try and tweak it, then you don't really have that problem anymore. You know what I mean? Because then you kind of effectively created something new out of something that was already created. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I completely agree with you. Step two is when Leandro sent me his drums and I redid the bridge on his drum. I had his version, as you can see on the top, LDS and Mozi, and there, it's gonna be easier for the latency because it's almost empty. I was just going to do the, the bridge. This one is really, really beautiful. Okay, so they did this expansion on Nexus called Synthwave, and there is a, a pad. Let's play the pad. I used the modulation. And this is what I did. If I remember, there was something like this. There should be something like that. And if you see, I just play with the cutoff. There is nothing to change on this one. And it gives you a movie synchro-ish vibe. And I thought that when, when that comes, that's really cool. And really, and so in this session, really what you did is you just mainly focused on the bridge, right? That was your main focus? Yeah. At this moment, we already have the drop. 
know, if someone was interested in making this type of music, what would be some tips and some tricks that you would give them to write the melody? Because the melody for this, I mean, that's, that's like, it's almost everything in this, you know what I mean? The melody in this type of music, that's what really like, you know, because the sound design in this type of music is is not as crazy as like in dubstep or in trap or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's, you're more so focusing on the melody than the, and the journey that the melody is taking you on. So like what tips, strategies, you know, techniques and stuff like that would you suggest to someone if they want to make this type of music? My answer would be a bit cliche because I would, I would say do it with your heart. What I mean is when I do a, 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 a um, production, I always want a melody because I have the feeling now with all the new music, electronic music, house music, bass house, could you, I mean, dubstep, what I miss in all of this, sometimes it's a good melody, a good bridge. For example, I'm not a huge fan of hardcore or trance, but I have to say the first time I saw Armin van Buren playing in, a, in Ibiza, I was crying. This is not my music. I mean, the, now I, I, I got the goosebumps when I say this story because I was literally crying because the melody was so strong that I think it's the key. It's the key for all the music in the world, the melody, the lyrics, and the meaning. So obviously we do, we do, I mean, I do house music, uh, progressive house music. So I need on each track to try to give the people at least not a magic, but a feeling that they, I'm, I'm sharing something with them and it goes through the melody. I don't know if I can give you a tips, but I would say play with your heart. There's so many people that I think underestimate the power of the melody now within modern music because because of all the tools that we have all the plugins that we have all the strategies that are out there and all that kind of stuff i think it's very tempting to focus way too much on on the drums and on the sound design and all that kind of stuff and it kind of it hurts to say that because i am a huge sound design guy but i have to admit the reality of it i have to admit the reality that at the end of the day the the melody the actual musicality of it is the soul of a track if you strip that away you get you got a cool drum beat but you won't have something that really like hits you right whereas on the opposite end if you took away all the drums and the sound design you just kept the melody it could still stand on its own i it's agree you know 10 years ago i met this guy he was he wasn't famous at all and uh, we did like a tv show in france he showed me the the session of his track and say, oh yeah, that's uh, that's my new one. It it goes, it starts on the radio in Belgium, and uh, it's it's it's. I think it's cool. He just showed me alors on danse, Stromae, and I saw the session. The session was like eight tracks, okay, boom 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 dum 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 dum. But so it wasn't like a big sound design. But the genius of this guy was because he had a crazy melody, a crazy idea. My point is that you can be the best producer in the world. And I meet many different producers. The one who makes, for example, my mastering, sometimes they don't have this fashion of the melodies. And that's why I'm saying all the time, a song is a melody and a hook and, and, and some lyrics. And I think that what you said is so true. I truly genuinely think that if you can't listen to your song with everything stripped back, all the drums stripped back, all the sound design stripped back, all that kind of stuff. If you can't just sit there and listen to the melody of your track and not feel something, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. Because you should be able to just listen to that melody and be like, this is gorgeous just on itself. Of course, we need the good balance. Because at some point, it comes to your heart and to do something different. Okay, 
step three, man. So at this step, I just gave my vocals, my horns, and uh, my new bridge to Leandro. He sent me back. You remember when we said at the beginning that I was I was not doing mix and mastering, the famous uh, story of the cleaning lady. So this is me before giving my stuff to the cleaning lady. Would you say that the primary focus of step three, this session, do you, would you say the primary focus is mixing and getting everything to jive together? At some point, before you give all your stamps, you have to check everything. And this is the less funny part but I love this part as well because you still have to produce a beat. So for example, if I show you the way I use my kick there, I start with a neck wall. I could have used the fab filter, but for what I need now, especially because it's gonna be mastered by someone else, I don't go too deep, but this is important still. So you have the kick there. You remember the tomlo I used on the previous one and I used on it before it was going to the mastering session, the mixing mastering session. I used one stuff I really, really love, which is which is the effect track from Sun Toys. This one is really, really good. I mean, I remember I used this with the bass one, what gives this epics. For me, it's one of the best now, especially if we keep the idea in mind that you want to um, do the magic very quickly and you, you want to produce and put all your idea in the same mo in the same time. That works so good. Actually, you have to buy the whole suite of sound toys. But as soon as you have it, I, I, I advise you guys to, to do it when they do Black Friday. It, it, it really, really worth it. The bass is simply a classic bass you can have. As you can see, it's just the groove you give and the way you use the sidechain. There is not even a swing on it. It's really straight. We have the African layer. So this is what you guys saw, because you know now I am fluent in Spanish. That's a riser, a classic one, actually. I think this is a bit too much EDM, I would say. If you listen it in the full track. Sometimes, sometimes you put two synthesizers as a layering and it became a good sound. That's the magic of producing as well, sometimes. What is that cashmere stadium loop? Yeah. That's funny because sometimes I'm mixing and mastering. I realize that, oh, we missed something. So I'm not going to go back to the session. So I just work on this one because I know I would send the stamps. So you see there, I was missing something. So that's why I put this. This is very, you see, very, very shy. We all have a filter that we use all the time. For me, it's this one. Okay. It's a creative filter. This is the for me the best one i don't think i've ever seen it before native inside of logic no no that's uh Sonalysis. so what's what's so special about this filter actually nothing and that's why i love it it's easy the way it works when i'm djing i always use the filter you know on the dgm there is also a plug called dgm you can have the same filter but for me this is the closest i can i can feel when i when i work and this i put this everywhere that that's why if you see on the left side there is always one. I wanted that when the drops comes, especially at this moment, this is not a, the big bridge, I would say. That's a bridge, you know, inside of the track. It's just like eight bars, easy. And I want that, I wanted that we have the feeling that it, something is happening. So that's why I put the crowd at, at this place.
a loop, simply a loop to build up with this. Are we going to talk about this? That's the best. Kickstarts your thing. Yeah, and I, I don't say that because I'm close to protocol or whatever or Nikki. It's just I, I used it since day one. This is so simple and it works just good. As an amazing sound engineer you are, you might prefer the other one where you can make exactly the, the way you want it. But I have to say, for me, this is perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, for this, for the type of music that you make, you don't need really advanced curves or anything like that, right? You need, you need what Nicky Romero does. That's all you need. And you're good. You're good to go. I, so like for the type of music that I do, I can't use it unless for, it's, it's made for four on the floor stuff. Can you, can you MIDI trigger it so it just turns on and off? Is that a thing? No, no, no. You can choose the way you want it. You can move it, mix it. Obviously you can see, you can, almost do everything with it oh it does it does have a retrigger thing okay so that that's what i was wondering is because like i don't i personally don't make a lot of four in the floor stuff i make a lot of like 140 150 breakbeat style stuff so that's why i was wondering because i didn't know if this was just constantly four on the floor or if you could retrigger it so that it's not always on four on the floor it actually goes with whatever the midi is currently telling it to do so if it does that then it's absolutely fantastic the only thing that i that i feel like is missing from this that i maybe it has maybe maybe it does i don't know is the multi-band part of it which one do you use by the way i use volume shaper but for this type of music i mean like do you need anything else in kickstart uh, i mean at some point if i if i want to do the um, the section only this type of equalization on the bass only on the sub only i would use something like this or the other or the there is one on isotope who does an amazing job as well this is this is not enough to do that but for what I need now, for example, here, it's, that's perfect. That's really perfect. What I what I used to do, usually, I just put this. Ah, the old solid state. I mean, that works really good. As you can see, the demo expired. In my other computer, before I want to play it, if I want to play it, then I just put that. It just gives me what I want, what I need to play the track in a club, in a festival, just to try it. I would say. Let's say, let's meet in a, in a year from now. The beautiful part of being a producer is that we learn something every day. And especially when you do collaboration, but even like, you know, like with you, that's a collab, kind of. You learn from everybody. I mean, when I started, I was only a top liner and, uh, and, I, and I start to produce and I start to learn how, how to do it. And still, I still really have the feeling, even now that I need really, really to improve and to, to work. I'm a bit struggling with time. And I wish I could spend all my nights in the studio to try to do new stuff and to, to work more. And uh, I, I feel that I'm a good producer, but I also feel that I really, really need to work and to be a better one. I think that is the call of every producer, right? We are not happy upon a destination. We are happy upon progression. If we're, we are movement based, right? Is if As long as we're moving forward, we are happy. But if we stay still or if we feel like we're declining, it's like the worst thing in the world. It's cool, man. Dude, just keep going. Just keep learning some new things. There's plenty of information out there, right? <laughs> That's why I follow in the dog. Guys. That's what I'm talking about. Well, thank you so much. That was really, really nice to meet you to talk with you thank you for the guys who watch this i hope you understand all my english even with the strong french accent <laughs> 
Hey, Daw Nation. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of In the Daw with Mossy Man breaking down his song Horizon that was released on Protocol Recordings. If you found anything in this episode that was helpful to you, go ahead and take a screenshot right now and tag me on an Instagram story at In the Daw Behind the Daw and tell me what concept really, really helped you out this week. Also, Daw Nation, if you want to see more episodes like this where we break down more mainstream genres of EDM, go ahead and let me know in the comments below. And if you have any questions about today's episode or comments, lo and behold, there is a comment section section below this video where I would personally love to hear from you. I would also encourage you to go check out our Behind the Dot episodes that focus more on the emotional, philosophical, artistic, and business side of music. Make sure to go check out the Flux Pavilion, Dennis Koyu, Dodge and Fusky, Rogue, Echoes, and Kara's episode of Behind the Dot. You can listen to that podcast anywhere, like here on the YouTube channel. You can listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Deezer, SoundCloud. It's literally everywhere. Go ahead and go find it. You'll absolutely love it. And if you want to take your sound design skills to a whole new level, then make sure to check out the A and in the dog course called the school base but the school base isn't going to be open for long and i'll explain that here in just a second really quick if you do sign up for the school base you're going to get more than 20 hours of video showing you extremely unique and advanced sound design techniques that a5 and i have gathered over the last 15 years there's a bunch of effects racks instrument racks and project files we have a ton of bonuses like midi arrangement templates uh, sound design journal template access to the private donation facebook group and a personal 20 minute music strategy session with me now enrollment for the school base is actually shutting down on October 31st, 2019. The reason why is because we're going to be updating the content. We're going to be adding more content. We're going to be moving the entire course over to another site. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on on the back end. If you've been thinking about signing up for the school base, I'd highly encourage you to do it now because we don't know when we're opening it back up. It could be two weeks later, two months later, three months later, four months later. It's just however long it's going to take. Also, when we do come back, because we're adding so much more content during that time, the price points are going to be different. Right now, we have the subscription model at $47 per month and we have the lifetime access model where it's just a one-time payment of $247. When we come back, the subscription model is no longer going to be an option and the lifetime access plan is actually going to be more expensive. So if you want to hop on the subscription model and just stay for as long as you want, that's totally fine. You just have to make sure to do it before October 31st. And if you want to hop on the $247 one-time payment subscription model, because after October 31st, the price is going to go up. So Donation, if you want to find out more about the school base, if you want to hop on that before the price goes goes up, then go ahead and head on over to courses.inthedaw.net. That is courses.inthedaw.net. And if you're still on the fence about it, no worries. You can still take the free version of the school base. There's a link below for this, or of course you can head on over to courses.inthedaw.net and find it over there. Now, again, enrollment is closing on October 31st. So I'd highly encourage you to do all of this before then. Now, Daw Nation, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of In The Daw. And if you did, again, go ahead and let me know either in the comments or by tagging me in an Instagram story over at In The Daw Behind The Daw. But Daw Nation, I hope you have a great day and we'll see you in two weeks for our next episode of In The Daw with AU5 breaking down his song, Swordfish.